back to Inside the Huddle, sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Here is your host, Jay Foreman. What up, we're back. Jay Foreman, Inside the Huddle, brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, located at 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Hit them up, man. They'll take good care of your Dr. Finn and Dr. Razdan. Uh, always do a good job uh, for, with me and for me, in particular, Dr. Razdan. That's my dude. So um, it's always, a, I guess, an enjoyable experience when you go in there and have to sit in that machine. You know what I mean, Harrison? I think I've been in it so much, I know exactly what to do. I've never had been in there yet. Yeah, yeah. But if I do, I know where to go. Yeah. I, yeah. I always tell you, one time I was like, hey, look, that's not how it goes. Yeah. when they were training somebody else let me show you how this goes not just playing uh, <laughs> <laughs> um anyways we're on to uh men's and women's uh hoops and before we jump into men's hoops who's t- tipping off the to, um today at 5 30 uh women's hoops they had like were able to exact a little revenge which is always good their last uh home game um for their seniors which is great you know you want them to, to go out the right way but ultimately um i think on a big scale of things of their Husker program where they were able to hold serve at home, but then also exact some revenge of maybe just, I wouldn't say they overlooked Minnesota when they went up there. It was just not a women's Husker basketball uh, game up to their normal expectations and they didn't play well it looked like the men's team when they went up to minnesota it must be something up there like i didn't see like i didn't see like the guys aren't trying right something was just off i think that it looked like their their energy was the energy was there but it's i always say you can always tell when you watch there's like a five to ten percent where you're you're running or in in my case football you're playing but you you you're running and thinking and it's it's not exactly like that in basketball, but it looked like they were they were playing hard, but they weren't playing up to their capabilities. They weren't playing free. Mm-hmm. They were playing discombobulated. And it's weird because it was a it was a very, very slow start when they went up there. Um and then they tried to recover, like, uh oh, like, okay, we got a game. They brought it to us. They they are more than over energized at the beginning because it never went away in that first quarter. Then they try to counterpunch and recover, and by that time, Minnesota had already gained that confidence that we yeah. can play. And it took and so much energy it, just to get back in striking it, distance. Right, and that's what people don't understand. You see this a lot like in, in club basketball where, or in high school basketball where you don't show up ready to play, focused, or you're ready to play but not ready to compete. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there is a difference, right? So you're ready to play. You go here, And here's the difference, right? Show up, you're ready to play, right? You got your, your uniform on, socks and all that. You go through your, you know, you do your shooting routine and you go through warm-ups. Okay, you're ready to play. But it's a different mindset that you can't pinpoint. You only know internally and it, you only know it externally because I've done it before. So I always try to, like, not be on the microphone, act like I, like I was the God's gift player, the greatest linebacker ever, or I never had a bad game, or I ever didn't show up and not compete. I've done all the things that I'm talking about right now. That's why I feel like, okay, I can say it, and it's not personal, right? And and it's a team thing. And so being ready to, to compete is more of a mental, and I always say spiritual thing, right? And, and you talk about that mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So when you show up to a game, you got to take everybody serious. And sometimes when you're playing against a team that you are better than, you actually got to take them more serious. And you got to be, like, more focused, more detailed, right? Because – 
you're, you maybe have to game plan for that five or 10% that you might naturally not have. Right. And it's human nature. Mm-hmm. Say, and, and, and you see it all the time in like in football or basketball. Say you beat a team in the beginning of the year by 30 points or 20 points. Right. Okay. It's just human nature. Okay. We beat them by 20 last time. We're going to beat them by 20 this time. Well, they've made some adjustments. Maybe you've shown some weaknesses that you maybe have been able to slide by with and then boom. Now you're in a dog fight. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's one of those, it's the cheesiest quote ever, but it makes total sense. Sylvester Stallone, if you ever want to watch Rocky, yeah. you got nothing to lose, you're dangerous. Right. And that's why you got to show up because you put a little bit of belief in those teams. Right. They're in it. If they lose it, it still doesn't really look bad on them. But if they can pull it off somehow and it's in their head that they can actually pull this off. Yeah. They're, they're playing super confident when things do get tight and they have the lead. They're not going to tighten up because they're just happy to even be there. Right. Purdue, if it gets tight and they're playing Ohio State, which they were, it gets tight. You see them start to get a little worried. They start short-arming their shots, not yeah. boxing out. And that's when things go off the rail. Yeah, and that's what exactly what happened with Nebraska and Minnesota the first game. But ultimately, it's a, it's a tale of two games, right? We just talked about Nebraska not starting fast up in uh, Minneapolis mm-hmm. in the barn. Well, guess who started fast uh, yesterday at PBA? Nebraska, 20-8. to eight. Then you go, okay, Minnesota adjusted, you know, even Steven, 13 to 14, um, you know, you know, one point advantage for Nebraska. But now you go into halftime, you're up by 13 points. Okay, let's see if we shown some maturity, right? Um, you were Nebraska up in Minneapolis, didn't really start the second half like you needed to start if you're really trying to knock a punch a hole in that lead and then possibly take the lead. Well, what does Nebraska do? Outscore them 16 to 11. Okay, so you now you increase the lead. So that's 18 points, game, set, match. And then you said, you know what? I'm going to put the cherry on top. We're going to outscore you in every single quarter, no matter what you do. You end up with a 19-point victory, 70 to, to 51. The biggest thing that I think they did from the first game to the second game is they made battle become a volume score, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had to shoot 18 shots and only made six uh, and to have 12 points. That's a vol- That's what you want. Their defense, this is one thing the girls team deserves credit on, their defense, they figured out some things. Right. But they took down Caitlin Clark, they shut out, you talked about the battle, like they're right. doing some things where 10 steals last right. night. Yeah, I was just about like, to get it. Playing I just, right. So, some mean, gritty defense. And, and not a lot of foul trouble. Yep. So that means it's legit defense, right? So you make her in a volume score, and then the other two, uh, you know, players that got into double digits, they had to shoot 12 shots, right? And then one of them, uh, Grachowski, she shot eight threes, twenty five percent, two for eight. So that's a that's a good day at the office. Then bigger thing is Harrison, you had your two main ball handlers for Minnesota turn the ball over ten times, six and four. <laughs> so not only are you getting you, you're getting the steals, but you're making your players that your your table setters turn the ball over. So Minnesota had fifteen turnovers total. Mm-hmm. Ten of them came from two players. Your offense is null and void there. So everything that Nebraska didn't do well the first game. They did, right? Shot a higher percentage from the field. Shot really well for three. 90% from free throws. I don't know what it is about the barn in Minnesota and Nebraska basketball team, both men and women. They shoot horrible from the free throw line up there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I've played in there one time. Now, I will tell you, I used to like it because we used to, there was like a, it was supposedly unknown fact that it gave you more bounce. I don't know about that. <laughs> it, it, you know, I used to think the first time I got Nikes, I could jump higher. It was, if you want to <laughs> If you want to market to a kid, Tell them that you could jump higher, or in this, but you oh, you're playing the barn, you'll be able to jump. You know, you get yeah, a little I bit more about those stupid Nike Elite socks forever that were just right. like crazy thick that made your feet sweat like right. crazy. And gave you a whole bunch of athlete foot and thought you were going to do something, didn't do anything. Yeah, I could barely get a piece of paper under me still right. on my vertical. <laughs> so 
I don't know what it is, but again, they did everything that they needed to do. It was a dominating game. They did a really good job on the offensive boards, right? That's mm-hmm. where I like. That's where you can really tell where Nebraska is going to play well because I think I tie offensive rebounding for Nebraska to the three-point shooting because what most coaches like, you get an offensive rebound, either the kickout pass or one or the second pass, it's a wide-open three. These, these girls can shoot good enough from three. You get a wide-open three, you can almost cash it in. That's where you see 41% pretty much for three. You see uh, it's Jazz Shelley, four, nine. That's what you really like to see from her uh, because she, she can get open and shoot threes. And then also what I really like is Markowski dominating on the boards along with Potts. But then also, not only did Jazz Shelley score 16 points, right, and, and knock it down for three, she had seven assists. So that's what I, that's really good. I'm sure Amy Williams is really, really excited about that and happy. But then you had four players off coming off the bench that had six points each. Mm-hmm. 24 bench points. You're going to beat a lot of teams, not only in the Big Ten, Big Ten, but then also in the NCAA tournament by doing that. So this is a this is a this was a really good um, victory for them um, because I felt like you know they needed to I don't know exercise some demons. I'm not. I mean it's Sunday. Well, I they they needed to show four quarters. Yeah, show four quarters. That's exactly what they show did. maturity. They've done it though, right mm-hmm. now. It's you know we talked about you know during the week on, on uh, old school was okay you had the big victory kind of like a hallmark victory um, beating Iowa never beat get, beat beat Caitlin Clark before held her under the thirty nine points she needed and then you went on the road against Ohio State and played not only your worst game you weren't ready to compete you got obliterated so sometimes that could give you a little bit of doubt but what does Amy, Amy Williams and them do go back to work a little bit of time off beat the brakes off of Northwestern mm-hmm. and here comes a team in Minnesota that had your kryptonite early in the season. I felt like this team needed a little bit of time to gel, and then you had a couple of injuries, so you had to kind of reset. And they've always done a good job of that. And then, you know, obviously with the outside noise uh, going on, it tells you what they really have internally as far as from a leadership standpoint, both at the player level but the coaching level uh, as well. And then obviously cohesiveness as, as a team is in a good place, and that's where you're able to do some of these things uh, coming down the stretch because very easily – whether it's playing a team that their style always is giving you a problem or you have some outside noise going on. This is a very, very easily. If you don't have a tight knit team and a good coach, you can go over there and lay an egg. And then now mm-hmm. we're having a different conversation. So, but then it catapults to the men, but right there, it's right there in the picking uh, right there for right for the picking is they play Minnesota um, at five thirty here in a few hours. And we'll talk about it a little bit right now before we go to break and then obviously the last few minutes. But this game right here, um, I think is great for Nebraska because as the season went, you know, when they lost to Minnesota, it was a bad loss. Actually, that Minnesota loss doesn't look so bad right now because Minnesota's playing some hellified basketball. Yeah. So now this Minnesota victory, which we'll hopefully get today, will be actually a bigger victory because they're going to look at you how you're playing late versus what you did early. So I think when you think about Nebraska, which we'll hopefully get today, will be actually a bigger victory because they're going to look at you how you're playing late versus what you did early. So I think when you think about Nebraska not having uh, ranked teams coming down the pipe, you got two road games, obviously you got this one. It actually sets up really, really well for them as they move towards that Big Ten tournament. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go quick into the uh, men's game, then send you guys off to the rest of your Sunday. Jay Foreman at Inside the Huddle brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. 